And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I hope that you're having a lovely Friday evening in Steeler Nation, wherever you happen to be, if you're, if you're watching me live. And if you're watching me live, you can catch me every Friday night at this time on Behind the Steel Curtain's YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every night. Shows like this, shows like The Hangover, shows like, what's it called this time of year? The Curtain Call, Steelers Preview, Steelers Post Game, Touchdown Under. You can catch all those shows live each and every week. Uh, the Scobro Show is another one. i gotta, I got to remember that one. Dave Schofield and his brother Rich. got to remember that show. And you can catch all of our live shows also on Facebook Live. So uh, please check those out and check those out after the fact if you would like. If you don't have time to watch or listen live. You can all you can hear those shows on any audio platform of your choosing. If you please would download those, that would be great. And of course, we have a a whole family of audio only shows that you can catch each and every week, including Let's Ride, The Live Mike, The Stat Geek, From the Cutting Room Floor, What Ian's Talking About. I can say it now. Uh, if you if you listen to Fridays. Uh, latest episode of what you're talking about with Kyle and the, and the gang, you know that I won the 2021 award for the worst take of the year. So I'm, I'm truly honored. And I, I would like to thank the Steelers offense for that award for helping me get there and, and the defense as well, especially, uh, you know, in, 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 in that game against the chiefs, that's where I, that was the performance that got me the award because that helped me uh, uh, garner and, and glean my reaction to that to that performance. And it was so bad that it, it gained me the worst take of the year. So I, I thank you, Ben Roethlisberger and, and Matt Canada, the offensive line, the secondary, everybody responsible for that, for that, uh, for that award. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So thank you. So anyway, you can catch that, that uh, show live, or I'm sorry, uh, after the fact on, on any audio platform. So please check us out and, of course, check out Behind the Steel Curtain, the website, the editorial side. We bring you breaking news at any time it happens. I always see the the guys on the Slack channel every time there's a, a news story. They're like, I got it. I got it. And they're fighting over who who, who gets to run to the computer first to, to, to pound out an article for it. So uh, it's a hardworking site. And we bring you news like that. Uh, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger retiring. We bring you trades, tr- uh, trade rumors, anything commentary, film breakdown, anything you want in Steelers info, we'll have it for you on Behind the Steel Curtain, so please check that out. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And, of course, check out the live chat. Well, I guess I'm checking out the live chat because I'm the one who's checking it out right now. And Steeler Chick 46 was the first one in tonight, so she gets the award for that. Speaking of awards, then there's Steelers Pittsburgh, Brian Brown, Kathy Ford, Sixburg, just me. Did I miss anybody? I did not. So let's talk about our Steelers and the news never stops, even after the season does. And uh, even though he kind of retired in our hearts on January 3rd, when he said goodbye to the crowded Heinz Field after that went over the Browns on Monday Night Football, and even though he pretty much made it clear that he's retiring after the the uh, playoff loss to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. 
it was really never official when it came to Ben Roethlisberger and his uh, future with the Steelers in the NFL. And we were wondering when the press conference was going to come, when the big announcement was going to come. And it came out of nowhere Thursday morning uh, on his uh, social media platforms. Ben Roethlisberger, in a statement that he read while sitting next to his wife and kids, finally officially retired from the Steelers and the NFL after 18 mostly glorious years. There's no other way to put it. And, uh, you know, it, it gave everybody a chance to, to be sad again and be emotional again and be thankful again. And it was, it was amazing seeing everybody, everybody uh, from around the NFL, both past and present uh, take social media to, to wish Ben a, uh, a great post retirement life and to congratulate him on a great career. Tom Brady weighed in uh, some many former teammates uh, coaches, Bill Cowher, uh, just so many people around the league, people we haven't heard of for a while or heard from for a while, like Mike Wallace, Mike Wallace, uh, uh, congratulated Ben. So, you know, it was, it was nice to see the, the outpouring of love for him because I think it's, I think we've always felt as Steeler fans and I think it's kind of not even a, a, an imaginary thing. It seemed like he's always kind of been slighted as far as the kind of player he was, the kind of quarterback he was. And, and you know when 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 you look at his resume, it always makes you wonder why 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 they always uh, lack so much real respect around the league. And of course, there were you know you could you could attribute it to his you know some of the personal things from earlier in his career that we won't really get into. But really, even just viewing him objectively before that even became a thing in 2010, it seemed like people were kind of uh, not really. I guess sold on him as a quarterback. You know, he was always kind of described as the the you know schoolyard quarterback, this backyard quarterback, that kind of thing, making things up on the on the go and drawing plays up in the dirt and improvising and and yeah, there was a an element of that to his game, to Ben's game. But you know, you don't have the kind of career he he had. I would wind up with sixty four thousand yards, four hundred eighteen touchdowns. Uh, you know you don't have that kind of career, you know, obviously two touch uh, Super Bowls and three trips and uh, the, 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 the one loss record as a starter, you don't have that kind of in the, in the longevity as a player, you don't have that kind of career without being a student of the game and uh, without preparing and without having yourself physically and mentally and emotionally ready each and every week. So I always thought Ben got a bad rap for that. So it was nice to see, everybody coming out and, and, and wishing him well on Thursday. And, uh, you know, um, I think Mark Madden and, and, and uh, I know a lot of people don't like Mark Madden and I get why, trust me, I get why. I think he's had me on mute since uh, the Devin Bush uh, unfortunate cat video comment from, I guess it was July. <laughs> That's how long it's been. So I get it. You know, the guy doesn't play nice and, and, you know, but he said something profound on, I think it was Friday. He tweeted a few things about, about Ben and his retirement. One of the things I think that really stood out, I think it's maybe perhaps the biggest part of Roethlisberger's legacy. Now that I think about it, and that's, if it wasn't for Roethlisberger, would as Steeler fans probably still be talking about the 1970s and those four Super Bowls back then? Because really, when you think about it, that was what Ben meant to the Steelers. 
he was the the guy the, that brought them from the 70s. Everybody, you know, I think if you go back and watch the Super Bowl 40, America's Game uh, episode, uh, Joey Porter said it best. Like, man, they, they just kept bringing back the, the, the old the old guys from the 70s over and over again for reunions. Like, people were just stuck in the 70s. So I think he said that best. If, if it wasn't for Ben and 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 him being that final piece to the to the OO teams, the OOs, the 05 and 08 specifically, we'd probably still be talking about the 1970s. So he brought them out of the past and into the present, and and, and now they are a a he, he made him a marquee team again, like they were in the 70s. You think about it, you know, they had done nothing for 40 years. Uh, they became this uh, juggernaut in the 70s, won four Super Bowls, had that record for a while. And then, you know, the 80s, 90s, and the, into the early 2000s, I mean, they were a team trying to get back there. And you kind of always wondered, was this a, an organization that that was only going to be known for one great era? Or would they be able to get back on top again? And he helped them do it. He was the biggest part of them doing it. So. To me, that might be his greatest legacy is is uh, when you say got six, when you wear that T-shirt, I think you have, I mean, obviously there are a lot of other people uh, who helped along the way. Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Alan Fanica, Heinz Ward, Jerome Bettis, you can go on and on and on. Obviously, Cower and Tomlin and Dick LeBeau, that, you know, those coaching staffs, but you can't, you can't win without a quarterback in most cases. And they had a lot of great teams in the 90s, as we've, we've discussed before. Uh, they had some good teams in the early 2000s, but they could never quite get over the, the top, over the hump, back to the top of the mountain. And it wasn't until uh, Big Ben came along that they were able to do that. So, again, that's his, that's his legacy. So, uh, best of luck to Ben. Best of luck to uh, his post-retirement plans. I don't know what they are. You know, a lot of people, you know, if you – if you uh, were on social media, on Twitter specifically on, on Thursday, a lot of people think he's just going to ride off into the sunset like the cowboy that he always said he was, and uh, you won't hear much from him. I don't know. I, I, I doubt he's going he's gonna to land a, a network gig. I don't think he wants to do that anyway. But you know, the way he's perceived nationally by a lot of people, that might be a, a hard thing for for a, a a network to do is bring him on, but even if he even if they want to do that, I don't see that in his future. So, who knows what he's going to do? Maybe he's going to get involved in, in charities. Maybe he's going to there's some other organ you know, uh, endeavor he wants to get into. Maybe he'll be an ambassador for the team, or maybe he's just going to enjoy his retirement quietly and be the anti Terry Bradshaw in that regard. You won't hear much from him for for years. So, we'll see. You know, I mean. Guys like Bettis and Ward and, and even Troy, to a certain extent, have, have kind of remained in the spotlight uh, since their retirement. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Ben does when you're talking about members of the most recent second Super Bowl era that they've had. So those are my thoughts on that. At least some of my thoughts. I have some more. And, and uh, I just thought it was funny how, you know, things are today and how, how things were with Ben announcing his retirement, Ben Roethlisberger on Thursday morning via social media, because, you know, I've, I always envisioned when his time came to say goodbye, that he would, you know, there'd be a big press conference and 
you know, he'd, he'd uh, be at some podium or at some conference table, table, maybe next to, you know, sitting next to his wife or having, you know, with his kids and Art the second and coach Tomlin and Kevin Colbert all there. And, you know, there'd be some tears shed and the reporters would, would be asking him questions. Cause that's what I grew up with. I and mean, that's what I saw with Bradshaw. So I saw with John Elway, Marino, Warren Moon, you name it. When, it, when a great franchise quarterback says goodbye, it's, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, there's always a press conference and we didn't see it on Thursday. And, you know, that's obviously a, a product of the times, a sign of the times. Uh, you know, you see more and more players uh, saying goodbye via social media and, and not really having a press conference. Um, Brooke Pryor of ESPN, she tweeted on Thursday that there are no immediate plans to have a press conference with Ben. I don't even know what the point is now. I mean, he already made it official. Uh, the only, and he said his goodbyes and he said his thank yous. Uh, I guess the only thing that would come out of any kind of a press conference, a live press conference would be what his future plans would be. And uh, if you remember the, the, if anybody is out there is old enough to remember Terry Bradshaw's retirement, he kind of, you know, announced his plans to become a broadcaster with CBS. But as I said earlier, I don't see Ben doing that. So I, I, there would be no real reason for him to, have a live press conference other than just for theater. So I guess that's probably not going to happen, but it's just a, a strange thing. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, you're watching the Super Bowl, and uh, heck, even, like almost into my 30s, you know, players would, would, would be introduced to starters anyway, one by one. And then all of a sudden, at some point, I think it was Super Bowl, it was the Patriots' first – Super Bowl win anyway. What was that 36? Anyway, uh, Bill Belichick insisted that they all be introduced as a as a team. And that's kind of that kind of changed that tradition. And now when you when you watch your favorite team in the Super Bowl, you don't get to see the guys coming out individually. They all run out as a team. So you know, I guess that's kind of like kind of an equivalent to to uh players announcing their retirements now even big time franchise quarterbacks, it's done via social media and, and uh, that's it. And, you know, I guess that's kudos to them. I mean, they have, if you're a player of that stature, you, you, you don't really need reporters to get your message out. You don't need a press conference. You can do it, do it yourself. And that's all the uh, press you need. So I, I guess it's, uh, it just feels weird though, because, <laughs> you know, um, when Ben was drafted in 04, I missed that. I was at work. I had the radio on in the back room. I was man managing a store at the time. And when you're a store manager, you're you're doing 20 different things at once. And, and uh, everybody always wants you to help them. The employees are always asking for your help and calling you up front. And uh, right before Ben got selected, I was summoned to the front. And by the time I got back to the back room to hear who they picked, they were already weighing in on the on the pick. And, and of course it was Ben. So I missed that. So I missed that. I didn't get to hear him get drafted. And um, I didn't get to really experience that press conference at the end of him saying goodbye. But the important thing is, and I wrote this in an article that I'll be coming to you soon is what happened in between. And what happened in between was glorious as I've said many times. And uh, the, 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 the highlights that he, that he, uh, accrued over the years, the, the memories that, that I have from watching him play and, and uh, 
that's the important part. So his career didn't begin as far as a theatrically, as I would have hoped, as far as being able to, to experience that pick live. And, and uh, it didn't end as I envisioned with the big press conference, but everything in between that was the important part. So those are my thoughts on big Ben and his retirement. And um, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a new world for, for Steeler fans now and for the organization. You know, as far as uh, what they're going to do at quarterback, um, now general manager, it was made, I guess, made official on, on Friday, Art II, Art Rooney, the uh, team president. He had his annual, I guess you want to call it, I guess you can call it a press conference with, with, uh, with the media and where he, he gives his thoughts on, on the on the conclude the just concluded season and what he thinks they're going to do in in their immediate future and the direction of the team and one of the things he said was that kevin colbert the general manager since what 2000 he will be stepping down after the draft he will be taking a limited role after that i guess he still plans on staying on with the team in, in a in a um smaller capacity but he will not be the general manager anymore after the draft. So that's been speculated for a couple of years now. And I, and you started hearing rumors about it within the last couple of weeks. And I guess now it's official. If the, if the guy that signs the checks says it's official, then it's official. So Kevin Colbert will be stepping down and they're going to be looking for a new quarterback and a new general manager. So it's a, it's a big off season for the Steelers. Obviously the biggest one in 30 years, without a doubt, since Chuck Knoll, uh, retired in 91 or after the 91 season and they had to go and find a new head coach. So yeah, actually, I guess you could say it's, a, you know, obviously Tomlin, that was a big transition from Coward to Tomlin, but it seems like, you know, quarterback and GM, that's, that's just in such a big uh, uh, transition in one off seasons. It's, it's a lot of change in one off season. So in my opinion, it's the biggest uh, off season for them in 30 years. So, you know, who, who is going to be the new GM? I don't know. You know, obviously Brandon Hunt's the, probably the, the, the leader in the clubhouse right now. I think he's already had his interview or, or he's going to, he's going to be interviewed for the job. Omar Khan, they're, uh, they're a longtime capologist. He's a, a, a strong candidate. Those are the in-house candidates. And Mr. Rooney said that they would, you know, obviously look outside the organization for other, at, at other candidates. So, uh, I'm not a uh, that deep in, into the executive side of the NFL to know who the great candidates would be outside of the organization, but I know Brandon Hunt. He, he's been he's been a uh, long rumored to be to be a, a strong candidate for that role as successor, and even Omar Khan. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, it's 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 not a minor it's not a minor. Um, uh, position with any organization, obviously. Uh, Dick Haley, Tom Donahoe, and Kevin Colbert are the three people that have held really not not the same title, but the same general role with any organization since gosh the seventies. So, yeah, this is not a you know they don't hire a lot of coaches, head coaches, but they also don't hire a lot of GMs either. So, yeah, it's it's a big move for the for for the franchise and and who they get, you know, that's gonna obviously determine the, the, or go a long way in determining the direction of the franchise. So uh, 
that's one big thing that Art II said. Another thing he, he kind of alluded to was that Matt Canada would, would stay on as the coordinator. He doesn't necessarily anticipate them um, going in another direction, which doesn't shock me. I think once Mike Tomlin kind of gave his endorsement of Canada at his end of season press conference, I think that kind of was the, uh, was all the clue you needed as to what they were going to do there. And, you know, I think it, it, you know, I think it makes sense. I mean, I I know a lot of people were upset with the offense last year and rightfully so 20.2 points a game. Uh, I can't believe they scored that many points a game. It was really a bad offense last year, but you know, you have to, you have to factor in all the reasons and we've discussed these ad nauseum. And that's the fact that Canada and Ben weren't necessarily a great fit. And maybe they wanted to bring Ben back one more year because they thought um, he was their best option at quarterback. He was all they could really afford if they want, if they wanted to remain competitive, but they wanted to retain Canada because they, maybe they believed in his philosophy. So they wanted to kind of, promote him last year and, and keep him uh, on the payroll, so to speak uh, for 2022 and beyond. And of course you have to factor in, you know, people are, are, are upset with the offense over the last few years. And I, and I understand that, but you also have to, understand, have to understand how many losses I'm talking about personnel losses. This offense has taken since what? 2017 living on bell best running back in the NFL, arguably. Stop his last year with them was 2017. Antonio Brown, best receiver ever. <laughs> At least he had the best stretch in the history of the NFL while while as a Steeler. And he hasn't been around since 2018. Ben, the 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 prime of Ben's career ended probably around 2017, 2018. The offensive line started going downhill. Uh what 2018, 2019. You know, they, they obviously they lost uh, Mike Munchak as the offensive line coach. So uh, they had Martavis Bryant at one point. He was one of the, the uh, more promising young receivers in the NFL, but he just couldn't stay out of trouble. And he hasn't been here since 2017. I can go on and on and on, you know. So in, in addition to, to uh, you know, Ben, the, the end of Ben's uh, prime, they've also suffered a lot of uh, uh, personnel losses, whether it be, Guys leaving or, or coaches leaving or players just regressing, like Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, uh, Big Al Villanueva, you name it. Now, obviously, Ramon Foster retired. So, there, you know, it's, it's been a tough year for the offense from that standpoint. Over, the, or I'm sorry, a tough time for the offense over the last four or five years. So I get why people are, um, are, are upset and probably wanted blood again last year with, with Canada and they wanted him gone. But, you know, I think – you know, if you bring in a, a, a coordinator like Matt Canada, I think you have to give him a chance to run the show the way he wants to run the show. Uh, and if, if you hire a guy with, with a certain philosophy, and we know what Matt Canada's philosophy is, and it certainly isn't what Ben Roethlisberger's was as a quarterback, it, it didn't match. I think you have to give him the players to do that. You know, people always like to say, I think it's sexy to say or exciting to say, well, a great coach um has to has to uh, he has to game plan and he has to coach to his players strengths and yeah that's true but i mean you can't take a guy who's you know a smash mouth run first uh, coordinator 
and, and hire him to be your, 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 your coordinator and say, all right, I want you to run air choreo. I want you to run the run and shoot. You know, you, you, you just, you, it's not fair to that guy to do that. So, you know, and they never asked Dick LeBeau to, to, you know, coach to his player's strength. They always brought, they, they, they brought guys in, including Cam Hayward. And they said, you have to learn this defense and it's probably going to take you a year or two. And you're probably not going to start because that's how complicated it and complex it is. So they never did that to him. And I realized Dick LeBeau is a, one of the all time great defensive minds in, in the history of the game. But I think the point still uh, is a pretty solid one. And that's, you have to, you have to give your coordinators, your coaches, uh, the players that fit their philosophy if you want them really to truly succeed. So uh, I'm not shocked that that man Canada or Matt Canada is sticking around. So uh, let's see what, what, what kind of players uh, they give him to run the, to run his, his offense. We already know he has the running back and, and the tight end. He has the receivers, uh, at least uh, Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson. So uh, you know, they're, they're working on the line. So I guess the question remains is what, what do they do with quarterback? So I guess that's once they uh, figure out what they're doing with at the quarterback position in 2022, whether it's Mason or Dwayne Haskins or uh, a veteran quarterback or somebody from the draft, then you can finally start judging Matt Canada because I'm pretty sure the, uh, the player they give him, even if it's Mason Rudolph, is going to be better able to run the kind of offense he wants to run. Because Mason Rudolph might not be uh, uh, Lamar Jackson or, or uh, Josh Allen or somebody like that, but he, you know, he could move around a little bit. And I think I don't think you need Michael Vick to run Matt Canada's offense. You just need somebody who's uh, more capable of running like the whole RPO thing and somebody who has, who's a little bit more mobile uh, and. You know, Art II kind of said that on uh, Friday. He said, you know, we really don't need somebody who's going to, you know, be your leading rusher, per se. We need somebody who just can, you know, buy time and uh, have some some mobility. So I think that's how we have to judge Matt Canada. We have to judge him based on, on the kind of quarterback or slash quarterbacks they give him starting in 2022. So then it'll be time to judge Matt Canada. And of course, uh, you know, the skill position players and, and what they do with the line, what they continue to do with the line. And I have a super chat from Rajan for four ninety nine, And he asks, I have to get this in who will be new DC. Rooney said they're going in a different direction with a defensive, with the defensive calling. I, I, I don't know. My hunch says it's going to be Terrell Austin. Uh, Art said, you know, they're going in a new direction with the play calling, I guess, but that doesn't mean they're going outside of the organization. Uh, my guess is it's going to be Terrell Austin. That's, it seems to be the, the smart money. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously they've, they've, they're, they're, they've put out a, a lot of requests, a few requests over the past uh, week or so, Patrick Graham, a couple other guys that they're going to interview, but none of those guys are big names. So, that's not going to be, I don't think they're going to go into a, a tire, an entirely new direction with this defense. Um, it might be a, a, a case where maybe Art the second insists that the coordinator not only designs the game plan, but calls the plays on Sunday to free Tomlin up for uh, other duties. But 
as far as like the the philosophy, I don't see that changing really much. I don't, and I don't think it needs to change because I think the biggest problem last year was just personnel. You know, no to it, no alu alu. Bush struggling to, to get healthy or just struggling in general. Um, TJ Watt being hurt a lot. Uh, Joe Hayden being hurt a lot. Um, I think that was more of the issue last year than, and of course, no Mike Hilton, no Bud Dupree because of free agency. Um, that, that was more the issue than it was the, 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 the game plan. I think, you know, Alou Alou was maybe the most pivotal player they lost last year, even, even more uh, critical than Bud Dupree and Mike Hilton, because once uh, teams figured out that they could run on the Steelers, they never really stopped uh, trying to run except for the Browns, which, you know, they're the Browns. So I guess that, that's not much of a surprise. So I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I guess I am sure it's going to be Austin, but as far as um, anything else about that, I, I, I don't, I don't see them going in a, in a, in, in a drastic, uh, a different direction. I think, I think they're, it's, they're going to, you know, obviously you're going to try to tweak things. You'd be foolish not to tweak things from year to year, especially if you're, you know, if you were barely over 500 and you struggled as much as they did on defense, even with the injuries and the departures, um, I don't see a, a drastic change coming for, for the defense. So, all right. What else do we have here that I want to talk about? If we're going to talk about um, quarterbacks, and that's going to be the sexy topic all year until they pick one, and probably even after they do, because unless it's, unless it is Aaron Rodgers, people aren't going to be satisfied with whoever they pick. They're, they're, they're going to have varying opinions. So, if you if if I if I may be able to tie in uh, this Sunday's uh, conference title games with the quarterback situation for the Steelers, uh, I think it might be a good. They might be great examples that you can you can. Uh, well, Tom Brady said when he complimented Ben on uh, Thursday that there's more than one way to bake a cake, and I think when when you look at the four teams that are left in the uh, playoffs, there's more than one way to get your future quarterback. If you look at the AFC side of things, the Chiefs and the Bengals, well, they they transformed their franchises and became legit contenders after they drafted quarterbacks in the first round of recent drafts. Obviously, the Bengals were were a huge mess, and you know they were able to draft Burrow a couple of years ago. The Chiefs were in a slightly different situation. They were uh, they were contenders, but. They could never quite get over the hump. They had Alex Smith as their quarterback. Uh, but in 2017, they had the, the 10th pick. And uh, they were able to draft Patrick Mahomes. And he took them from, from a, uh, a contender to a legit Super Bowl team within a couple of years. So the AFC, the two teams in a AFC, they did it one way. They went out and they drafted their quarterback. And uh, in Burrow's case, they put him in right away, the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes, they let him sit for a year until they until they finally inserted him. And, made, and, and both of those guys made impacts right away. The NFC teams, uh, the 49ers, they went out and they, they they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the 2017 season. And, uh, you know, he had some injury problems, uh, which kind of prevented them from, from um, being uh, legit contenders right away. But by 2019, they were, and they made it to the Super Bowl. And now here they are again in the NFC Championship game. 
the Rams, you know, they, they've been a, a legit contender for a number of years now. They made it to the Super Bowl a few years ago with Jared Goff, but uh, he really came up small and, and you could maybe attribute that to him being young and going up against the great Tom Brady and the Patriots and just his uh, third season. But Goff never really improved after that 2018 season. And uh, so, so they, the Rams traded him last year to the lions for Matt Stafford, uh, the former number one overall pick. And I mean, Stafford has yet to get the Rams as far as Goff did, but they are back in the NFC championship game. So, uh, you know, there's more than way to, one way to do it. You know, a lot of people are saying, like me, say, draft the guy, put him in there as, as quickly as you can. Other people want them to go out and, and get a veteran quarterback, whether it be Aaron Rodgers or, or even a Marcus Mariota or Mark Trubisky, or I'm sorry, Mitch Trubisky, somebody like that. But uh, the four teams remaining, they're showing you that you can do it in a different way, a couple of different ways or a few different ways. Now, it'd be fair, it'd be unfair for me not to point out that all four of these quarterbacks are, are uh, high pedigree players. You know, three of them are first round picks and one of them Garoppolo is a second round pick. So it's not like they, you can just go out and, 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 you know, get your garden variety duck Hodges or Gardner Minshew or somebody like that. And, and, have a great chance of developing, developing, developing. I can't talk. I can't even say that word. Coaching him up to be a, a uh, franchise quarterback. I mean, you probably have to, you know, if you're not going to draft somebody in the first round, you, you're more than likely going to have to trade for somebody or sign somebody who is a former first round pick with that kind of pedigree and then coach him up uh, to be your guy. So that's pretty much all I had to say about that is I think there's more than one way to to draft, a, uh, to, to find your next Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, hopefully the the person they find won't have a hard time playing quarterback, as I had saying, developing. There, I said it. Okay. All right. And I want to say one more thing, something that's been kind of, uh, I just had to laugh all week when, when I think about it, and that's, all the angst over the NFL's postseason overtime rules on the heels of what happened last week between the Chiefs and the Bills in the, in the uh, divisional round at Airhead Stadium. It was a great game. Um, the two teams changed leads, what, like four times in the last two minutes. It looked like the Bills were going to win when they, when they scored a touchdown with 13 seconds left. But unfortunately... For them, Patrick Mahomes uh, quickly, too quickly, led Kansas City into field goal range uh, in like nine seconds. And Chiefs sent it into overtime with a field goal. And the Chiefs won uh, after winning the coin toss. They, they marched right down the field and scored a touchdown. So people think, all right, it, it's unfair. Both teams should have a chance to touch the ball in, possession, in, in overtime at least in the postseason. Okay, fine. I get it. But it wasn't that long ago that people were complaining that uh, a, a game, a, an overtime game shouldn't end on a field goal if, if the, uh, the team that wins a coin toss 
goes right down the field and kicks a field goal. That's not fair. Okay. So they changed it. And I thought it was a pretty good change. You know, it, it's too easy today to, to, to get into field goal range. And, and, you know, these guys are kicking 55, 60 yarders at freaking Lambeau field last week. I think the guy, uh, Robbie Gold, I think he was at like 50 yards or maybe he was longer than that um, to win that game. You know, so it's, it's, it's so easy for these guys to, to make field goals from long distances. It, it almost seems unfair for the, the team that wins a coin toss to complete a couple of passes and, 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 and win the game that way on a long field goal. All right, I get that. So you, you, you change the rule. The, the team that wins a coin toss can't win the game on a field goal on its first possession. Fine. Now you want them to change it again. Uh, to where both teams get one possession regardless. Okay, fine. You do that. Say you do that and say both teams go down and kick and go down and score field uh, touchdowns on their first possessions. Now you have sudden death rules again and the chiefs or whoever, get, who, whoever gets had the ball first, uh, they, 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 they take the kickoff, complete a couple of passes, kick a field goal game over. So, you know, uh, no matter what they do, it's never going to be enough for the team that just lost the game, you know? So in my opinion, I think the rules are fine the way they are. Uh, if you change them again, then what's going to happen is uh, somebody's going to eventually say, well, it wasn't fair. So they should play a full quarter and whoever is winning at the end of, the, of uh, that quarter wins the game. Okay, fine. Say they do that. And the game's still tied and it's sudden death rules again. And the team that, that wins the toss uh, wins the game on a field goal. People are, people are going to say, well, that wasn't fair. The other team should have possessed the ball. So it's never going to be enough. It's never going to end. So I think the rules are fine the way they are. And I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but the bills had a chance to play defense um, against Mahomes. I know, I know he's the best quarterback going, but they had the number one defense in the NFL last year. Make a stop. Hold them to a field goal. Give your uh, possible MVP quarterback a chance to win the game with a touchdown. And they didn't do that. So, you know, just because you're facing Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean that um, uh, it's unfair. It just means that you couldn't get the job done if you're the Bills. You know, everybody always says, oh, uh, defense wins championships. It's all about the defense. The defense matters. Okay, fine. Well, why doesn't it matter? Uh, when a team wins the coin toss in overtime, why doesn't it matter? Why, why doesn't defense matter then? Why, why is defense helpless all of a sudden? So, you know, you know, again, I think the rule is fine the way it is. Just play defense, just make a stop. You know, if, if the chiefs would have fumbled the kickoff there uh, and, 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 and kicked the field goal right away, or the bills would have kicked the field goal right away. Uh, they would have won the game. And would, would people have felt sorry for Patrick Mahomes not getting a chance to touch the ball? Probably not. You know why? Because everybody hates the Chiefs now. They hate Patrick Mahomes. They hate his fiance. They hate his brother. So they're they're the new uh, evil team in the NFL. You know, whereas three or four years ago, everybody wanted the Chiefs to beat the Patriots, and everybody got mad because the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, they took the uh, uh, the first possession of overtime and marched right down the field and scored a touchdown, and people thought it was unfair. But if the if the situation was reversed and the Chiefs would have won that exact same way three years ago. Nobody would have felt sorry for the Patriots. Why? Because they hate the Patriots. So to me, it, it, this is really all about, um, 
you know, what team you wanted to win the last overtime game in the playoffs. And if you, and if the team you wanted to win lost, you think the rules were unfair. I think that's what it really boils down to. So I said my piece on that and I will take some questions and comments to round out the show. All right. What do we have here? Do we have anything? A lot of, people, a lot of, a lot of love for the duck in the, in, the, in the live chat, but you know, I think the, duck, the duck's a nice story. But I think if, if his name was simply Devlin Hodges and he didn't have a nickname like the duck, he probably wouldn't get as much love as, as he's uh, been receiving. A lot. You know, he's a nice little uh, uh, folk hero. And, and it's cool when he came in, he won a few games for them in 2019. He, he showed a lot of moxie, a lot of confidence. But really, he didn't, what, what, he didn't have a whole lot to lose. I mean, he was the undrafted free agent from what, a Division two, whatever they kind of, whatever they call those schools now. And, uh, you know, he had nothing to lose. So, you know, once people started catching up, catching on to him, he was just an ordinary quarterback then. He wasn't the duck anymore. He was a guy who threw a bunch of interceptions. So I'm not saying he's a horrible, um, you know, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy that ride. I'm just saying I don't think he, he has what it takes to be a, a starter. He doesn't have the size or, 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 or anything like that. So, or the arm strength. But he probably could be a nice backup. <coughs> Excuse me. And if he, uh, you know, continues to to find work, maybe he'll 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 land somewhere as a as a backup quarterback and, and have a nice career that way. You can make a lot of money that way. So best of luck to Duck. Uh, and that rhyme. I'm a poet. Ryan O'Toole says. The pre-leaving didn't hurt the team. He had a rough season. He did, but my point was they lost the Bud Dupree of last year, and and uh, Alex Highsmith is a nice young talent, but he didn't match what Dupree gave them over the previous two years. So, you know, I, I ba- basically I meant they they lost the essence of what made Bud Dupree so great the last two or three years. Maybe hopefully Highsmith can can reach those heights. Sooner rather than later. I think he has the potential. He just, ha- he just has to get there. But he wasn't there last year, that's for sure. All right. Rajon39 says, Haskins will beat out Mason. I mean, we'll be, probably be having this argument all offseason. Just, that's just, you know, these are uncharted territories when it comes to the Steelers. And a lot of people who are uh, in their 20s, this is their first time. Uh, dealing with this as fans. Wow, this is a uh, backhanded compliment. And Mark Malone, or Brian Brown says to Mark Malone, who's always, in, I don't know if it's a real Mark Malone, if it is, that'd be so cool. And so fitting since, you know, he was one of the first people who tried to replace Terry Bradshaw. But anyway, Brian Brown says, Mark Malone, some of us believe Mason can get it done. And that's an endorsement for Mason by Brian Brown. I don't care if Tony Defio plays quarterback as long as the Steelers win. Well, believe me, you'd care. You'd care pretty quickly. And I would be a bum and you'd be wishing for Mason or Dwayne Haskins or, or Duck Hodges if I was a quarterback, because I would not be very good. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I mean, maybe I can be coached up. I don't know, but I doubt it. I really do. I can maybe play quarterback in a movie, but they would have to, you know, Take liberties with my. I'm five nine and a half, and, and that half inch counts. By the way, makes all the difference. Um, 
so I'm, I'm, maybe I can, you know, play like a Doug Flutie type quarterback in, in the movies, but certainly not uh, Big Ben or even Mason. And Rajon, I guess hey, there's there's somebody who I haven't I, who hasn't really in the mix anymore. It's funny. Uh, two years ago, when when Ben was coming, when everybody knew Ben was coming back from his elbow surgery, or at least they were hoping he was. Everybody was crying for them to sign Jameis Winston. And now there's a chance that they can do that. And you, ne- you never hear his name mentioned anymore. Uh, and this is Rajon 39. He says, do you really think if they sign Winston that he's going to sit behind Mason? Uh, yeah, I think if they sign Jameis Winston, uh, no offense to Mason or Dwayne Haskins, but shame on him if he doesn't beat those two guys out and be there to be the Steelers starter in 2022. So I think if they do sign Winston, it's not going to be as a backup. Because why? like Rajon said, why would Winston sign here? Uh, if if uh, if they said you're going to be the backup, maybe if Ben was the quarterback, or when he did it with Drew Brees, but uh, I think Jameis Winston still wants to start in in the NFL, so he would never ever sign here unless it was a, it was to be the starter to compete for the starting role. Which you know, if he didn't have the confidence that he could beat out those two guys, then again, shame on him. Steel Chick Forty Six says. Uh, Pretty soon, people will be calling for us to sign Fitzmagic. I don't think they need to do that. I mean, what's the point? I mean, the guy's almost as old as Ben. I mean, it's, you know, either you go go with a young guy or you go with a, a veteran who's a little younger that you hope that you can maybe salvage his game a little bit, like uh, Jameis Winston, who's probably more accomplished than, than any of the quarterbacks that um, are available, I guess, uh, right now as far as free agents is he a free agent i i think he is i'm not sure but uh i would definitely i'd rather have winston than than a fitzpatrick because i think uh obviously winston's a lot younger and i think he he could you know if he hits then you have yourself a pretty good quarterback for the next four or five years no one you know says they need to sign ryan leaf well there's talking about off the field problems i don't know if you want to deal with that plus he's old rajon 39 and we're probably going to have these lists over and over again this offseason unless they go out and sign uh, or trade for for uh, somebody big uh, in March. But uh, he says, Tyrod Taylor, Mariota, Bridgewater, Winston. None of these guys are going to sign. If you tell them that they have to sit behind Mason, what has Mason done? And that's right. None of those guys are going to come here. Well, maybe, maybe Mariota, um, maybe Tyrod Taylor, but definitely uh, I think Winston, Bridgewater and, and, and Winston would not uh, sign here if they thought that they would have to sit behind Mason Rudolph. I think those guys are still, actually, I know they're still capable of starting because they've proven it the last couple of years. So Mariota might do it. Uh, but even him, I mean, he's, here's a guy who was number one pick not that long ago. Why would he, why would he come here and, and just, just, just to be the backup? I mean, these guys, I think they all want to start Tyrod Taylor. He's your journeyman kind of quarterback. That's the guy that maybe, you know, he's been around a while. Uh, he's played for a lot of different teams. I could see you convincing a guy like that to come here to be the backup for a year behind Mason or Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's to me, honestly, uh, if you're going to go with any of those guys that you mentioned, other than a Winston or a Mariota or, or maybe a, a Trubisky, Trubisky, 
if you're going to go with anybody besides those guys or or somebody that's that's a uh, you can trade for like a Jimmy Garoppolo or 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 I mean I hate to say Aaron Rodgers I think it's a pipe dream but somebody like that you might as well just draft somebody I mean because what's the point of bringing in somebody that you know is just going to be a placeholder and you know Tyrod Taylor is just going to be a placeholder for for a year so what's the point of bringing him in here uh, when you know he's not going to be your long term answer Winston somebody like that he would have potential as as, a, as your long term answer even the Mariota. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I think he's, he's somebody that would be a, a reliable starter, but he's been around for a while. I don't know if he's your long-term, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, we, we're going to be having these discussions, uh, for the next several months. So it's, it's, you know, what else we have here? Brian Hughes says any chance in getting picket, Kenny Pickett? Pitts quarterback who had a glorious year, fifth year senior in 2021. Any chance uh, at 20? Probably not, because I think uh, there's going to be a few quarterbacks that rise up into the top 10. I think Kenny Pickett's at the top of the list is somebody who's going to, who's going to uh, be a top 10, top 12 kind of pick by the time the draft rolls. I mean, you know how it is with, with quarterbacks and with, the, with, with these teams, even if you think a quarterback crop is, is, is weaker than, than, most crops the need for the position is so great that it kind of inflates their draft stock i mean we saw it with carson wentz and jared goff in 2016 i mean let's be real they should not have been the first and second players chosen in that draft it should have been jalen ramsey in fact he was uh far and away the the top uh prospect in that draft but he i think when he was like third or fourth or something because the 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 Eagles and, and the Browns traded up to one and two to get the, those quarterbacks. Uh, was it a couple of years ago? Was it Chase Young? Was everybody's uh, top pick or top prospect as far as the measurables and uh, everything? But Joe Burrow was the number one guy because he was a quarterback. And obviously he was up there too as far as a prospect. But I think Chase Young was everybody's top prospect, but he didn't go number one. So even if these, uh, uh, even if, it, uh, I, I, if you think of Kenny Pickett or a Sam Howe or somebody like that, uh, the guy from Ole Miss, uh, the guy from Liberty, even if you think they're they're overrated, there's gonna be enough teams out there that are gonna overrate them and uh, draft them higher than pro- they possibly should be. So I probably I wouldn't I wouldn't bet a lot of money on them having a chance at Pickett at twenty because I think he's gonna he's gonna be gone long before they draft unless they trade up, and I don't see them doing that either. Thank you for the question. All right. Christopher Lemon says, just put somebody in there who can pass the eye test. Well, if if it was just that easy, uh, I forget who said it the other day. It was just as easy. If, if, if it was that easy and finding a, a great quarterback, uh, nobody would ever struggle trying to find one. So, all right. Troy Harris says Winston is loony. Hey, I, he had his problems in the past, but I think he's he's maturing a little bit anyway. And, um, 
Avenity Crosby says, I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor than these two stiffs. I'm assuming he's referring to Mason and and Dwayne. And, uh, you know, he's uh, again, he's, an, he's a reliable quarterback, but he's not the long-term solution. I think the Steelers uh, in 2022, uh, they're going to bring somebody in, whether it's a draft pick or whether it's these two stiffs that you mentioned or, or whether it's a, a free agent or a trade. Uh, they're going to bring somebody in who could be more of a long-term fix for them. You, you know, uh, whereas I think Taylor's been around for a while. And as I've said, he's probably closer to retirement than he is uh, the beginning of his career. So, And we're getting up against it. So I think I'll take this time. I thank you for the spirited discussion as always. I think I'm going to uh, bid you all adieu on this uh, very cold Friday night. Can you believe it's always cold in January? Anyway, um, uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy those football games. I hope it's a, uh, a, a Super Bowl matchup that you like. There aren't, there are only so many combinations by the way, but uh, I'm going to enjoy those games. And um, until I talk to you on the hangover on Monday with Brian and Shannon White, I hope you have a great weekend and as always go Steelers.